Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Leonard Shiner, CEO of Geek House. Leonard is a law firm marketing whiz. Today, he spends his day helping law firms across the country earn millions of dollars utilizing Facebook ads and email marketing campaigns. Using the framework that Leonard created, he has helped his clients build authority in their field, create brand recognition, and stand apart from their competition. Leonard has worked in this digital marketing niche for the past six years. He is here today to share his framework and tactics so that you can grow your business exponentially using digital ads and cold email campaigns that will generate new leads, which are the lifeline of any thriving business. Leonard, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome to the show. Jeff, good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm really pleased that you're here today. And, you know, as a fellow digital marketer, what I'm really interested in is learning a little bit about your background and why you decided to go all in on the law field instead of, you know, being a little bit uh, working with all kinds of different businesses and how you were able to come up with a framework that, you know, specifically targets law firms and helps get them extra business. Yeah. Well, helping people has always been something that's in the forefront for myself, both personally and professionally. So when I was first getting into, you know, college, I had an interest in marketing and helping people further their businesses. And I quickly realized that marketing in each different industry is very unique, right? Marketing for a law firm is very different than marketing for an e-commerce store is very different than marketing for a local restaurant. So I knew that I could be a generalist and help lots of different businesses and business owners, or I could create an agency that was very focused in on one very specific type of business and really A to Z be able to help them. So not just help them with one thing like ads or one thing like their brand or one thing like SEO or building a website. But I wanted to build kind of Noah's Ark, if you could imagine that with all the different animals and thinking about all the different services that a client might need. So when uh, we look at helping law firms or lawyers, it's an A to Z 360 approach. And what's nice about that is that everything comes together and everything works together. The attorney's not left on their own trying to piece things together to find clients to be able to help them. Instead, we put those pieces together, make it all work together. And then ultimately, we're doing this so that 
attorneys can help people because whether you're getting a divorce or going through bankruptcy or putting your wills and trusts together, law touches every aspect almost in, in our lives, at least here in America. So we want to make sure that uh, the general public has access and the ability to get those services. So I help attorneys serve those people better. One of the things that I noticed on your website is that you help them put together full on funnels for their lead generation, right? This isn't just, you know, slapping an about page or the different areas of law that they practice. Um, This is more along the lines of talking to the specific problem that they resolve. Can you talk a little bit about how you approach sales funnels within the law space and how that's a better approach than just creating a generalist type website with, you know, with all the services that they offer. Sure. So, I mean, first and foremost, you've got to have a web, a web presence, right? So when we think about an attorney, maybe they're a solo, maybe it's a few partners together. I'm sure many listeners here are business owners, right? So you, you want to have a web presence. That is first and foremost, for sure. But what is your client or your customer seeing when they go to that site? So I'll give an example. I was working with a solo attorney and he had a nice website, looked very clean and crisp, but it just listed out his practice areas, right? What he did, just like a headline. There was no meat to digest. So anyone can put together some bullet points, right? But when we're talking about what it is and who we've helped and what we've achieved within that space and we need to build out the web presence to start building a relationship of trust and expertise in the minds of our new potential client. So if you look at your website as an attorney and a potential client can't spend two hours on your site reading about you, that's a problem. Most attorneys have a website because they think they need to check a box. I look at a website as a continual cash machine that is going to close clients for you so that when you're on the consultation, there's a sense of building that relationship, but they're not questioning whether they want to hire you. It's more so confirming that they're already going to make that hiring decision. How many times do you come across uh, lawyers that, that really start out in the, in the former place, right? The former place being where they just have a website that uh, lists off the service areas. Do you find that that's something that, that they just uh, end up thinking that they need and then move on to hiring an agency like yourself? Or do you find that it's just the lack of leadership on their part? Like, you know, how does that mode of thinking come about? Well, every attorney, I think every business owner nowadays knows that you need a website, right? Even if it's like one page, like literally one page, you need something online because that's how people are going to look for you. They're going to go on Instagram, they're going on YouTube, they'll go on Google and search for your name, your business name, et cetera. So we know that that's a box that needs to be checked, but I think we miss the mark when we don't put our full ability forward, right? They could be an amazing attorney, the most amazing attorney, but if no one knows that, 
what good is that, right? So most attorneys, I think, put up a website as to check the box. But when we really look at what uh, return we get from that uh, or what their next step is, it's usually hiring an agency or hiring a developer, someone to go back and redo it. I can't tell you how many people, attorneys, law firm owners, uh, partners that I spoke with, and they say, it's fine. We just need more clients. I don't want to touch the website. We just need more clients. But that's like your front door. So if your front door is broken, you can't invite the best of the best clients over. You just can't. So uh, I like to take the approach where we clean up the house first, get a new front door, make sure everything is clean, and then we start inviting people over. So it's kind of two parts. We've got to take care of what you have currently and then do activities to bring in those new clients. You know, I love that approach because a lot of times, you know, like uh, I get clients as well to uh, come to me and are pretty set that, you know, they want to hire you for a specific problem, but they don't realize that, that the problem that they're hiring you to resolve really has a root cause somewhere else. Right. And when you think about that, you know, it's like, well, wait a second, you know, this isn't just a simple thing, you know, like we really do need to raise the ground and, uh, and redo this from scratch. And what I find is that the ones that really understand that, okay, this is, you know, this is the way that it needs to be done. They're usually more receptive. And part of that is the, you know, the way you have positioned yourself, you know, in your agency as the ideal agency to put that together for them. Right. So I think that, I think both of those, you know, go hand in hand. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, about what happens next you know, like, uh, you know, bringing traffic to the site and bringing traffic, you know, to the law firm itself. Here in the U.S., we can't drive down our freeways without seeing a bunch of uh, billboards saying, you know, we help the injured and we help this. You know, the TV commercials are all over the place, right? But the fact of the matter is, you know, there are much better ways to attract clients than just putting out these really big campaigns that are basically just spray and pray, right? Because when you put out a billboard, the freeway that cuts through your city, you know, you're basically targeting everyone and not everyone is your client. So using, you know, like these more refined tactics, like your email list uh, and online ads can really help you hone in, you know, getting the right client into the right place at the right time. Let's talk a little bit about your thoughts on, for law firms, what are usually the better or best channels for them to focus on in order to bring in an ideal client into their practice? Well, you're absolutely right that a billboard is spray and pray. And I love that that phrase. I, I use that myself. I don't know where that comes from, but I love it. So when you have a billboard up, you're asking a lot of a potential client, right? First of all, the client has to be within viewing ability of the billboard. They're probably driving. So now they need to be there, see it, pull out their phone, call or save the number or take a photo or what have you. And that's just to make contact. And then you have the regular sales that you would regularly do in a firm. Sometimes that's called business development oftentimes. So the biz dev activities in the firm still have to occur. We still have to have the consultation. We still have to qualify the client. We have to conflict all of those items, right? But before that, it's not direct. Uh, I love direct response and a billboard is not that. So spraying and praying is one option, but that's a very costly option. 
And so you might get some clients out of that, but your return on investment is kind of up in the air until something comes in. Contrast that with a more direct approach where you are manning the levers and you have the reins in your hand, and that is either paid ads, which works really well for consumer practices, think PI, divorce, where consumers are coming into the firm, criminal defense, and then email marketing works amazing when you have a B2B type of firm. So think you know, corporate litigation, maybe you're representing landlords in a landlord-tenant arrangement, maybe you help business owners defend their employment claims. So whether you're on the consumer side of law, serving consumers, or on the business side of law, there's different strategies that serve different purposes. And that's how we're able to tap into different audiences and get different markets. So I have before had gone into firms, they've become clients of Geek House, and they had a previous agency that was running them on Facebook ads and funnels and all of this stuff, which is awesome for consumers. It happened that this firm was only targeting business owners and high net worth business owners. So the strategy that the previous firm put together and build them for was completely wrong and they got no return on that investment. So before I go and uh, work with a firm and take them on and we really get into everything, we look at what is our end goal and who is our ideal type of client? And if I had one big tip for the listeners of this show today, it is to identify your ideal client. And I'm using client because law firms have clients, but I don't care what type of business you are. If you have clients, if you have customers, I don't, I know for certain everyone is not your customer, unless you're Starbucks and AT&T, right? But if you are any type of service-based business, identify who your ideal type of client is because all of your marketing is gearing towards that one person, one single type of person. I love that advice because really what you're talking about here is, you know, you can't talk to everybody. And if you're purely going for a branding play, right, where you just want people to know your name, that's great. But, you know, lawyers don't necessarily thrive on being branded very well. They don't need to be known as well as Coca-Cola when you walk into a grocery store, right? One of the things that I find, especially with paid ads, is that you have a lot of options available, right? So, you know, just breaking apart the two the two biggest ones between Google ads and Facebook ads. One is based on the search. What you are looking for, it's called the zero moment of truth, the exact moment that you're looking for it, right? Because nobody types in criminal defense attorney for their health, right? They do it because they need a criminal defense attorney at this particular moment. And on the other side, you have Facebook ads, which are, you know, basically demographic or affinity-based or interest-based. Now, what's happening though, within the, especially within the past couple of years, is that those channels are becoming more and more expensive. This is because uh, some of the privacy initiatives that, you know, our devices are employing is making it not so much harder to ascertain, you know, whether you're the ideal client for this particular ad, but uh, they do make it more challenging. So you have to find newer and creative ways to get your ad in front of that ideal client. 
What have you seen over the past couple of years that has made your business more challenging and how have you overcome that in terms of paid ads? That's a great question. So I guess I have a two-part answer. Uh, The first part being with the rising ad costs, there's a lot of volatility. You know, years ago, it used to be pennies for clicks and you could get leads at very, very low rates because it was so cheap. And over the time, whether that's Facebook realizing that they have a cash machine or whether that's just the algorithms and all the companies competing with their privacy parameters could be a combination and it likely is a combination of all of those. So in terms of how we combat that as an agency, we look at the return on the campaigns. So we're looking at, you know, the the client in general return on their spend, but then by campaign. So I like to say that we look at a heat map. So we like to pair lots of different combinations of creative and copy together to see which combinations are converting the best. And any good marketer will tell you that that's just sensibly how you run campaigns. But it always shocks me that when I do our research for clients up at the beginning of of their relationship with us, and we're looking at competitors, it's funny to me to see how long other competitors have been running some ads that you know that they just forgot were on. So we know that there's a bleed in their ad accounts. And so they are playing the game with everyone else, right? With increasing ad costs and volatility, but then they're also having ads that are not generating them revenue. And that's, you're just hemorrhaging cash at that point. So we, we definitely want to shore up the budget on that side. And then your second, or my second part to this is when you have an email list, you know, the people on that list are maybe one to two degrees away from you, or at least they're pretty close to being an ideal client of yours. So that list with some wonderful ad management, we can remarket to that list. We can use that list to look at other custom audiences that can be built from there. So having a list, even though they might not be your buyer or your client or your customer today, their relationship, think of them as like a node, right? Their relationships online help us find better clients. So everything combined from you know, managing the budget to looking at the data that you already have, which is why we ask some of those questions like, how big is your list? How much is your ideal client worth? Because it allows us to have an intelligent way and strategic way to go forward and architect the campaign that's going to be profitable instead of losing money. I think one of the things that is really interesting about this entire discussion is that there is only one channel that we have talked about here today that you truly own. And that is your email list, right? So it is critically important that you do whatever possible in order to grow that list because Facebook can and will shut you down, you know, at any moment and for any reason. And there isn't really a good recourse. Like there isn't, you know, like a 1-800 number to call in order to try to get it back. And you have that same problem with these other ad channels, you know, whether you're going to advertise on, uh, on LinkedIn or you're going to advertise on Google, you're basically utilizing other people's, you know, other people's channels. Whereas your email list is portable. 
right? You can take that with you and go to another service provider, you know, if the first one isn't working out for you. Plus the list is something that you truly own. One of the things I found interesting was I have a lawyer who sends out a Friday email where what she does is she pulls up all these pop culture references and then utilizes those situations to illustrate how her law firm can help us out. So I'll give you an example. When Betty White passed away, you know, the the lady from the Golden Girls, uh, she talked a little bit about, you know, about her life and why building a trust is so important. And the reason why, like Betty White's estate is already taken care of her kids and her, you know, they already thought about all that, you know, before she passed on. And it just made everything really timely and relevant, right? Mm-hmm. When you help law firms think about that, you know, like those kinds of communications, I think sometimes that can be not so much an uncomfortable uh, conversation, but it may be like, well, we never really thought about that before. How do you help them see the light into reactivating and engaging an email list to help them bring sales back into the law firm? I mostly experienced that uncomfortable uh, feeling from the law firm side, not with reaching out to their email list. Most law firms, surprising enough, don't have an email list when they come to us. So that's something that we help them build. And then, you know, nurturing it is kind of just like we're talking to someone else in the office. So emailing is, is not really where I see that resistance, but more so I see it when we are looking at social platforms they're like, okay, great. We want to be on YouTube or LinkedIn, mostly LinkedIn, but I don't really want to be on Facebook. I don't really want to be on Instagram. And my response to that is you might read a book hardcover. I might read a book paperback. Someone else might read it on the Kindle. Someone else might read it on the iPad. Someone else might not even read it. They would listen to it in on, you know, an audiobook. Right. So we all consumed the book, but differently. So same thing applies to consuming marketing messages for a law firm. We need to be packaging like a Kindle or a hard covered book differently, the content that we have. So it looks different on LinkedIn than it does on Facebook, than it does on Instagram. And that's okay. It's relatively the same content, but the fact that it's being presented differently is within someone, your ideal client's comfort zone, right? Maybe I want to read things on LinkedIn, but someone else doesn't want to read them because that's too businessy. They'd rather be on Facebook, right? So we just need to be where our ideal clients are going to be and speak with them. So it's kind of a, we don't need to be everywhere, but we do need to to check a lot of the boxes when we're looking at being on social channels. You know, I love that analogy because really what you're talking about here is, you know, like you may not be on Facebook, right? Or you may not be on Instagram, like, like in cat videos, but it could be that some of your clients are. And if you can meet them and be present for them, you know, in that channel, you have a much better chance than not showing up. Right. And that's just, um, you know, that's just the fact because, you know, now that there is a convergence of these channels, right? So Facebook owns Instagram, right? And they also happen to own WhatsApp. So in order to reach into those, um, those communications uh, channels, you know, is only getting better simply because they're all being integrated. So I really like that analogy. Thank you so much for, for sharing that. 
Leonard, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your business and how they can reach out to you directly? Sure. So I run Geek House. We are a law firm marketing agency. We help attorneys build their authority, their brand, market their firm, and ultimately grow and scale their practice. So we are found at gogeekhouse.com. This is our mascot coming in, my dog. And uh, again, that's Go Geek House. And we spell house, H-A-U-S. So gogeekhouse.com. Amazing. Leonard, thank you so much for joining me. I really enjoyed nerding out on this stuff. And I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with the audience today. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.